0: Welcome back to The Compass, the podcast ministry of Calvary Baptist Church of Fanville, Arkansas. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue our journey through God's Word. On today's podcast, we're continuing our series about the church. and Perhaps you're looking for a church, a place to connect with other believers, a place to connect into worship. We'd love to see you at Calvary. We're located at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you can find out more information at calvaryfayetteville.com. If you'd like to contact us, reach out at info at calvaryfayetteville.com or call us at 479-442-4634. Again, we're talking about the church, and I have the privilege of sharing a message from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, where I talk about living out on mission. Let's listen together. Let me invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter one. We're gonna be looking at verses six through 11 today as we talk about the church, as we continue our our study on the church. We talk about living out the mission. I don't know about you, but the song we just sang is is a balm to my, my soul. Knowing that Christ is our hope in life and death brings me a great deal of hope. This last week, I took my son to Little Rock for a couple of doctor's appointments, follow-ups to the things that he's been going through. And to hear the doctor say, well, you have a really bad case of Crohn's. It's not exactly a, a hopeful statement But he gave us instruction and said, here is is what you need to do and here's some things and we're gonna try some new medicine. And so in that that meeting that we had with him, we found a little hope. And we went later that afternoon to talk to his surgeon and they said, yes, you've got a bad case of Crohn's. I mean, that's, uh, you know, there's not a, a lot that can be said other than that. But as we wrapped up, our time with the doctor and his PA, Riley has gotten to know, as he normally does, he gets to know the people that, that are working with him and know who's a believer and who's not. And he turned to Barry, the PA, and said, hey, I, I know that you are involved in your church. Would you have your church pray for me? He said, sure. He said, but I want to pray for you now. Stepped over close to Riley, put his hand on his shoulder, and and I joined him there, and, and he prayed, and he prayed. He prayed that Riley would have hope. And that's what we all need. And we all have that in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what situation, what we're struggling with, what pain, what malady, what difficulty, that we have. we have hope in Jesus Christ. And that's the message that we get to share with the world. That Jesus provides hope in every place, in every situation. This morning we're talking about living out the mission. And it is important for us to do that. But I can't help but say we get to carry The message of hope. So if I have any other message for you today, that's it. Remember what you're carrying to this lost and dying world. You know, in a world of businesses, nonprofits, and other organizations, we hear the terms vision and mission quite often. We have a tendency to think that these terms are the same. And however, as we talk about the mission and vision in the church, they're two very different things. I want us to understand that today. The mission is that thing that all churches are to be focused on. And vision is how that church or this church is to live out its purpose. So what does that mean? That means the mission of Calvary Baptist Church should be the same as Temple Baptist Church in Rogers or Springdale Missionary Baptist Church in Springdale or Cross Church just down the way or Fellowship Church in Lowell. It doesn't matter. Our mission should be the exact same thing. And what's that? To make disciples of all nations. On a local level, I love that we can express it here by saying that we are a great commandment church and a great commission church. And ultimately it boils down to three statements that I've drilled into students' my heads over the years and I'll keep doing it because I think it's vitally important. We are to love God, we are to love people and we are to make disciples. That's what we're supposed to be about as Calvary Baptist Church or any church that we're connected to. That is our mission. And that's that last piece that I want us to focus in on today. Most of us understand that our job as Christians includes telling others about Jesus. We know that. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, and other passages in the New Testament make it clear that we are not simply to just know Jesus. We are to make him known. That's our job. That, if we had a banner and said, this is what we're about, that's what it should be about. A lot of churches that you may have visited over the years, I've had a chance being uh, involved with the, the youth department for the state and being a local missionary at one point. I would go and I would speak at churches and a lot of churches would have over their exit, you are now entering the mission field. There's, it's such a true statement. As we leave this place, we are to go out and share that message of hope with the lost that are all around us. We know that. We understand that. We have been told that. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you know that. But that is often where the problem exists. We know that our obedience of Scripture indicates that we tell others about Him, but we don't turn that belief into action. And we have our list of reasons. This list of reasons that I'm about to share with you are some that I've used myself, and whether I've said them out loud before or not, they are things that have gone on in my head. I'm shy, I'm an introvert. I don't wanna say something wrong and scare someone away from the gospel. I don't wanna lose a friend. I'm doing lifestyle evangelism. They will see my life and they'll ask. Well, evangelism, that's the preacher's job. It's a shepherd leader's job. It's a Sunday school teacher's job. It's the, you fill in the blank, that person's job. You get the idea. Many of us try to hand off that responsibility to others It is my truth, but not necessarily their truth. And that's one you hear a lot today. None of these things change the commands that we've been given in Scripture. It doesn't matter where you come down on the free will versus sovereignty of God debate. It simply doesn't matter. Obedience to Scripture demands that we make sharing our faith a part of our lives. It's as simple as this. We don't know who God is going to save So God calls us to share the message with everyone. That's our job, that's our responsibility. And I think that everyone here knows that. We embrace that idea that we have this great responsibility. And so whether you have fully embraced this idea or just coming to it, it's important that we look to scripture for what will help us fulfill the great commission. How can I be about this job? I'm not very good, or I'm shy, I'm introverted, or the list goes on, I'm not very knowledgeable. What are the things that we need? And so that's why we look at Acts chapter one, verses six through 11, as we start today. Acts chapter one, verses six through 11, the Bible says this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your word. And we just ask for your help. Help us to be your people here. In this neighborhood, in this town, in this community, in all of Northwest Arkansas and the world. God, we need your help to do that. We understand the commands of Scripture. Help us to see what it will take for us to follow and to be obedient. Father, forgive us where we fail you. In Christ, and we pray, amen. You know, the books of Acts is really volume two in a two-volume set by Dr. Luke. It's about Jesus and the early church. In Luke, he outlines those things that happened in the early li- earthly life of Jesus. And then in Acts, he describes what happens in the early church. Both are written to his friend, Theophilus, And in our passage for today, we see the events of Matthew 28 in a slightly different view. Luke highlights what the early church needs as it moves forward. And while we might think that these men and women didn't need anything since they had just spent the last three years with Jesus, I see two different things here in this passage that the disciples needed to live on mission. That's what it comes down to. We want to know, what what do we need to do? How can we make this happen as a church and as a people, what do we need? See, the needs are still the same today. As individuals and in a church, what do we need to live out the mission? The first is found in verse 8, the first part. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We need God given power, not on our own. Not our own strength, our own power, but God-given power. Many of us try, and I might say foolishly, to accomplish God's work and God's will in our own power. And there are people that have a lot of talents, a lot of skills, and they go forward trying to do it all on their own. We determine that if we just put our best foot forward, God will bless and God will show up in a big way. We fail to seek God's power and treat it as unnecessary in too many situations. We need God's power if we're going to be his people. However, it was clear from what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was going to be the game changer. God was going to give them power to accomplish the work that they had been tasked with. And the same is true today. We need the supernatural power that the Holy Spirit brings as we seek to accomplish the will and the work of God in this world. We need to understand more fully what Paul meant when he wrote in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not in our own might or in our own strength that we move forward in battle. It is the strength of the Lord. We need him to infuse our lives in such a way that... (laughs) He receives the glory. He receives the honor. It's not something that we could do on our own. We'll talk about how to receive that power in just a moment. But in addition to God-given power, we need God-given plans. We look at the second part of verse 8. It says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And Now, these aren't just three Bible names, three Bible places. This was... In a way, a concentric circle that worked its way out as they would share the gospel and impact their world. Now, way back when, I'm trying to remember when, um, back right after I started to the ministry, I felt like God was calling me to this area of church planting. It was one of those things that was on my heart, so I was trying to take in everything I can. And and, uh, Jack Courtney was the head of interstate missions for our group of churches. He had a video out, and I remember him talking about this verse and how those circles, as we would reach out to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the other most parts of the world, reaching out in these circles over and over again. It is a God-given plan that was given to these people here at this time. But if we want to go forward, we need God-given plans. I've seen many individuals in churches who look to a number of other sources for their next step rather than looking to the Father and to His Word. People will find something that has worked in a large metropolitan area without seeing that the culture is different. They'll simply copy and paste and be disappointed that the results are not the same. Others will look to success stories in rural areas or even other countries But not look to where God is working in their own communities and join him there. They will refuse to pray. They won't get into the word. They won't look for God-given plans. God has called us to look to him for direction as we move forward as individuals and as a church. His plans are the best plans. And it's our task to determine what he wants for us here at Calvary and then to follow him in that. There are times when we may even figure it out, but then back away from it because it sounds too hard and it's too difficult. We see God's plans for Calvary, and as we seek them, we must already be saying yes even before we ask the questions of what, where, when, and how. That needs to be our heart. We need to say, okay, God, yes, whatever that is, Yes, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it as a body of believers and in, as individuals. So the two things that we need are God-given power if we're going to live on mission and we need God-given plans. But how do we obtain those things? It's not like we can just press a button, take a pill, and we automatically have God-given power and God-given plans. We must look to him and look to the Father to provide those. How do we obtain God-given power and plans? First of all, by becoming a people of the promise. What do I mean here? There are many times that people will want to do something for God and work in spiritual areas, but not even have a relationship with Christ. That seems silly and that seems out of character and out of mind, but I see it over and over again. Yes, I, I love God, so we're gonna do this, but they don't know Jesus Christ. They haven't come to that initial point of understanding that they are lost, that they need Jesus Christ, that they can turn to him because he offers that free gift of salvation. They confess their sins. He is willing and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They want... They want power. They want plans. But they don't even know Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to understand how do we obtain God-given power and plans? It begins by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about being a church member. It's not about doing good things and trying to earn up all this, this favor in God's eyes. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ and Christ alone. The second thing is that we obtain this God-given power and plans by becoming a people of prayer. I've talked about prayer before. I believe that prayer is one of the the greatest things that we can do if we want to experience church revitalization, church renewal. It means that we must be a praying people. Recently, I had the chance to speak at Epic Church. They're transitioning now in between where they're at and where they're going because they're pastor has now become a state missionary for our our group of churches. And so I just shared a simple message with them that they need to pray and that they need to evangelize. That's simple, but it's the absolute truth. If we want to experience God's blessing, his direction, if we want to experience power, we must be a people of prayer. Not just praying before meals, while that's important, or praying right before bed, and while that's important as well. It is important for us to be a people of prayer. So when the needs arise that we pray, that we are like Barry, the PA, in my son's doctor's office. When somebody comes to him with a need, he says, well, sure, I'll pray for you. No, he prayed on the spot. And as we gather as believers, as we gather as the body of Christ here at Calvary, then when somebody mentions a need, that we pray for them immediately immediately that we pray for our leadership, that we pray for our impact, that we pray that God brings about salvation for the lost that are a part of our lives. We need to be a people of prayer. It's how we connect with God. If his word is how we hear from him, then prayer is how we talk to him. It's how we remain dependent on God. You can't go to prayer. No, you can But it is vital that we go humbly. We bend the knee. Say, I can't do this, God. I can't bring hope to my son, but God can. I can't bring healing to my son, but God can. There's so many things in our life. We just have to remember that God is the one in control He is the one who gives the power. He's the one who gives the plan. He is the one who gives all of those things. So how do we obtain God-given power and plans? By becoming a people of prayer. And then we need to become a people of the word. Now that's one area that I feel like we do well here at Calvary. The Word is important to us. It's important to Pastor Kirk. He shares that faithfully from this pulpit. He speaks the truth to us. He tells us those things that we need to hear. Sometimes we may not want to hear them. I've heard somebody share once, well, that was a hard sermon. That that one kind of hurt. I don't want to, you know, I've left feeling bad. Well, guess what? That's the conviction of the Word and of the Holy Spirit. And that happens. That's the reality But the word holds high value here at Calvary. Our Sunday school lessons are from the Gospel Project. We are working our way through God's word from Genesis to Revelation. And we do that repeatedly. Why? Because it is important. What happens on Wednesday nights here is word-driven. We need to be a people of the word. I believe that that we are headed definitely in the right direction as a church in this area. But God shows himself through his word. We have hope, we have direction. We see those things that we need to do and we can apply those things into our lives. And then how else do we obtain God-given power and plans? By becoming a people of the church. God uses his people to help us individually. We are ministered to when we come here. As I stood there and as we sang Christ, our hope in life and death, I heard your voices, that was ministering to my heart. That is the power of the body of Christ. And it's not just when we sing, but it is when we're hurting, it's when we receive a note, we receive a text, when we receive an email, we receive those things from one another, that loving one another, caring for one another. When we do those things, God uses his people to bring about power in our lives for help us to have an understanding of what we need to do. And then God uses his people to impact our communities and our culture. We are making a difference here in this neighborhood. That should be our heart and it should be the reality. And I believe that God gives us that opportunity when we love on our, our neighbors through our fall fun fest, when we have the opportunity to provide a space for Camp War Eagle to meet or for Potter's House for some of their ministries to meet. That is important, that gives us that opportunity. And When we're committed to the church, when we know that this is what we need to make a priority in our life, God provides power and he provides plans for us individually and as a body of believers. So how do we step beyond this knowledge? We know that we need God-given power. We need God-given plans. That again, again, this is this idea of, of knowledge that we've got in our head. I know that I need to follow Jesus. I know that this is how I can receive the power and plans to move forward in my life. But how do I step beyond that? How do I step into the reality? <coughs> Let me give you just a few suggestions. As we seek to, to live on mission as we talk with our friends, with our family members, with our neighbors, with our classmates, with all the people in our life, maybe it's someone that God has placed on your heart that you see in the grocery store. I know a young man who, I say young man because I'm now 50, and so I guess there are a lot of younger people, um, but as I, I walk into Neighborhood Market in Springdale, there on Jennifer Terrace, there's a, a man by the name of Kelly that I see. And I keep thinking, I need to talk to Kelly. So I want you to pray for me, that I'll talk to him more than just a hi, and thank you for faithfully being here and doing your part, but I'll, I'll take that opportunity to share with him and talk with him and maybe do this first one. The first thing that we need to do is moving beyond knowledge and into action is we need to invite people to church or to a small group. As God works here, the natural thing to do is to invite others to join you. The things that excite us and fill our hearts with joy are always easy to talk about. So we build relationships and then we invite. John 4, the Samaritan woman, told her story, invited others to join her and to meet the man who told her everything about herself. So if you are excited about what God is doing in your work in your life here through Calvary, invite people to join them. Maybe it's in your life group. Maybe it is in your Sunday school. Our Sunday school provides an emphasis on teaching of the word and of knowledge. Our life groups provide a, a relationship and prayer emphasis with an application of the word. Or maybe it's just you want them to come and to, to be a part of our worship services as God continues to bless in those ways. Either place would provide a wonderful starting place for a friend needing a relationship. And whether it's Sunday school, life groups, or worship, and invitations are legitimate ways that we can be a witness. But it can't just stop there. We can't just say, I have shared an invite and have been done with it. A lot of us, and I know because I've make those things that you see on social media, whether it's our, our worship, our order of service, or all these other things that are out there, a lot of us may say, y'all come. And that's important. I think that's very important for us to, to share that information out there. But a personal invitation to any of these things is always the best. We'll talk about one of the holdups here in just a moment. So what do we do? How do we keep going? An invite is always a great way. Well, if you see somebody that you know in your life that needs Jesus, you start by praying for them. You share them this, this approach of, of praying for them, for caring for them, and sharing with them. It's a setup that Dare to Share uses, a uh, number of other organizations, but praying, caring, and sharing. That's what God wants us to do to pray for those lost people in our lives, to show care and concern for them, and then to share with them the message of Jesus Christ. That last piece is always where it gets a little difficult. How do we share? How do we have a conversation with them? Now, I don't know about you, but I have been on a plane ride or two, and I've talked to people about Jesus. That's always kind of a scary thing because if you do it real early in the flight and it goes poorly, Then you're stuck next to that person for the next two to four hours and there's that awkward silence that's going on. But you know what? You develop a relationship in a short amount of time. If you can speak with that person, find out about them, ask questions about them. People are always, well, not always, but usually excited or feel good about talking about themselves. Then you can ask the question, do you think about spiritual things? Do you think about life after death and things like that? What do you believe about it? Then you turn that question back. After you've listened to them, after you've genuinely cared what they've said, can I share with you what I believe about that? It's an opportunity, it's an opening. You see, ultimately, this is all about sharing our faith. It comes down to lost people. The biggest issue that we have for many of us in the church is we don't know lost people. And if you don't, that has to change. You have to be intentional about forming relationships with the lost at work, at school, in your neighborhood, so that you can be obedient to the call God has on your life. How many lost people do you interact with? Now, Pastor Kirk and I, I, I'm going to throw him into this because it's the reality During the course of the week, we don't interact with many, but some of you, every day, you're interacting with numbers of lost people, especially those of you in schools. You see lost people every day. It's important for us to be intentional in that process, to develop relationships so that we can live out the mission that God has for us individually and as a church. Let me wrap up with this. If you really want to be a light, you must be connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If I was a lamp, I could have brand new wiring, fancy chrome, a new lampshade, new light bulb. But if I wasn't plugged into a power source, I would never spread any light at all. That's the way it is for us as believers. We can know all the right things and have a head full of knowledge, but if we aren't plugged into the Father, we will have no light for our community and for our world. If we want to live on mission to make significant impact in our culture, it's vital that we have God's power and God's plan integrated into our lives. However, that can only happen when we're connected to God himself. We need his power and his plan to accomplish his will. So the questions become, are you connected to him? Are you being obedient to the task that God has given you, that he's given all of us? Let's look back at our our passage of scripture today. Back in verse 10. (coughs) There it says this. And while they were gazing into heaven and he went, behold, two men stood by him in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. For me, as I read this, I find a simple exhortation. Jesus told you what to do and to get busy doing it. We are not just to gaze into the heavens, God has called us to be his hands, his feet, his voice in our world. God has called us to live out the mission here in Fayetteville, in Farmington, in Lowell, in Springdale, and the list goes on of communities that we're represented. A little while back, I took, and I think I sent this out through our email system, but I took and put a little pin of every place that our church is represented. We go as far south as Prairie Grove and over to to West Fork and all the way up to, to Lowell and to Cave Springs. God has placed us in different places and different areas here in Northwest Arkansas. But God has given Calvary Baptist Church an address. We're located here at 1410 North Porter Road. Our immediate mission field, our Jerusalem, is right here. And there are lost people right around the church. And the same kind of holds for your home. That's your Jerusalem, your immediate community, your immediate people that you're involved with. And then we reach out beyond that to to all of Fayetteville, to all of Northwest Arkansas. And then we have in our, our association of churches, we have the opportunity to be involved in places throughout our state, throughout our nation, and throughout the world. But God has called us to work for him, to serve him, to be a part of the mission. So let's not just stare into the heavens like these disciples were doing, but let's be about his business and be on mission for him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for your word. And we just ask that you bless us as a body of believers. Help us to be your people here to reach out in love and to care for others, to show them Jesus Christ. Father, it is not easy. We have so many things that stop us, but Father, help us depend on you for how you provide. Just bless our church. Help us to be your people. It's in Christ and we pray. Amen. Our hearts desire is that you grow and understand the direction God has for you in your life. We hope that by listening today, you are one step closer to discovering that for yourself. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and are looking for a church to call your own, we invite you to reach out to us at Calvary as we study and serve together. We meet for worship at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you wish to find out more information about Calvary Church or simply contact us, you can do that through our Facebook page or at calvaryfayetteville.com. Until next time, remember that God, His Word, and His people can provide direction for life.